Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. In these unprecedented times, blah, 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 shit sucks right now, and we all know it. We certainly don't have to remind you for the upteenth time about it all. So let's talk about how we can make things not as hard to get through. Virtual events can break up the slog of the day-to-day when it isn't possible to see folks in real life right now. To discuss virtual events with us in depth, we'll be talking to Poovy Thel and Haley from The Black Ribbon, both of whom have recently hosted a few J-Fashion on-demand virtual events. But before we get into that, we have some updates for y'all. I mean... Things are just, like, going. Things are just keep on going, and we're just here for the ride. But we've got good things going on with you. You're six days away from, like, a major awesome life change. I am. I am six and a half days away from my top surgery, so most likely by the time anyone is listening to this, unless you're listening on the day of release, good for you, um, I will probably be in recovery for my top surgery. I'm extremely excited for it. I am going to be doing a lot of computer work during my recovery because that's like all I'll be able to do. I recently found out that my ironing board is a really good bed desk for my computer. (laughs) So like you put the iron board down and then like you're putting your your bed. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I'm getting it. Yeah, that's really good. That's a good idea. How'd you figure that out? So my ironing board isn't like one of those, it's not like a full-size ironing board, it's a mini one that the legs collapse, so it's more like a breakfast tray. Oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. So it's like one of those uh, in terms of the legs where they fold down that way. Um, But it's padded and cushioned and like it's a little Mm -hmm. more elevated. So I found out recently that I can just put my ironing board over my legs and I can like put my blanket over my legs and then I'll put all my shit on top of my ironing board and I can work that way. Wow. And it's so comfy. Well, I'm glad you're figuring those logistics out for recovery. I I don't want anything on my body when it comes to recovering at that time. Uh, Not even my legs. So that's going to make things... (laughs) I don't want my legs on my body. (laughs) No legs, please. No more. So it's going to make working a whole lot easier. I plan on like redoing my entire resume, my personal website, our website, just like getting a lot of headway done on that. Patron content, regular content, just getting shit done because I'm like, I'm ready to make that final push and just like have everything caught up. Yeah, Yeah, me too, me too. I've been, like, in a similar mode over the summer and everything. I figured out, like, oh, I really should just move a lot of my clothing things to drop shipping just because the logistics of me, like, having to package up everything, especially if I want to do more comic work, is just going to be too much. So I've been, like, 
moving everything, the moving a lots of designs to being on like the templates for the drop shipping and stuff. And I've also removed a lot of products too, just being like, yeah, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm just clearing the space for new things. I have finally caught up with that end of October, which is awesome. So now I can make new things and focus on more on like promotion and stuff and focusing more on the podcast website. And I really want to do more stuff with our social media. I'm excited to like do more stuff like that. It's been a hell of a year. Yeah. And I want to thank everyone, our listeners and our patrons for being patient with us mm-hmm. during this hell of a year because <laughs> it has been rough. Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud that we've been able to continue without missing an episode, like at least like for like the main content. We haven't disappeared. Yeah, we haven't disappeared, you know, or anything like that. So, yeah, thank you for sticking with us. The energy and motivation cycles are definitely a bit of a roller coaster. So your patience and your understanding is so, so, so appreciated right now. We hope to, like, get things done soon, hopefully by the end of the year, because we're we're ready. We're ready to go. Uh, It's just a matter of getting that time to do the shit. So with my top surgery, it's definitely going to be like a big change to like how I dress myself and like mm-hmm. how things are going to fit me. And I'm just like really excited and also nervous about like what that is going to change in my wardrobe. I've already gained a lot of weight post quarantine. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have what, the quarantine 15 or something like that. People have been calling it. <laughs> usually, I wouldn't be noting it as much as I usually am. But because it's just a lot of changes all at once, it's like I just want some form of stability. I've already struggled with weight gain and clothes not fitting me and then that affecting my confidence. And I didn't expect it to really happen again in my uh, early 20s. So it was definitely like a, whoa, clothes aren't fitting me right again. Why, Why is this happening? Oh, God, this is affecting my confidence. So I'm glad that this is going to be something that I never have to worry about again because body dysphoria is awful and combine that with dysmorphia it's even harder (laughs) i'm just ready to like be more comfortable and confident and not have to worry as much and not fret about like oh god this thing in my wardrobe doesn't fit my bust anymore uh, I have to, like, give it away or sell it. I won't have to worry about it. It'll all be good forever. Yeah, I mean, at least that one area, you won't have to be, like, concerned about it or hating that it's there. So that's awesome. And I'm just very excited to be able to, like, unbutton my shirts, like, all the way and just be like, hello, chest out, or wear, like, sheer shirts Uh, no matter the weather. It's very exciting. I'll be on medical leave for three weeks, so I'll have a lot of time to get stuff done and take care of myself and make sure that I'm healing well. I'll be back on my feet within, like, a couple of days, but I won't be, like, doing regular stuff, like, regular work for, like, a good 
month after I'm done. Man, I can, yeah, I can't wait to see how like it changes your silhouettes, your fashion choices. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You can't really tell until it happens, you know, like how you're going to look and feel in the clothes and everything. So that's going to be an interesting journey. One big thing that I have avoided is obviously like things that are very uh chest focused underbust corsets or things that are sheer band oh my god i can wear bando tops holy shit <laughs> just like stuff like that that is like very like very much hey here are my titties i i never touched those so i'm very excited to be able to wear like things where it's like hey here's my chest also no titties are there ha 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 tricked ya <laughs> I'm going to have to control myself because... <laughs> the, the shopping. Let the shopping begin. <laughs> there's going to be so many things I'm going to want and like it's going to open up my options so much that I'm going to have to be like, Hayden, you have a budget. You have limited closet <laughs> space. You cannot do this. Yeah. I guess my updates are my fall style direction. Um, seems to be skewing towards like 70s and 60s stuff. I've like, I bought these bell bottoms back in like probably 2013 that I've never worn because like, I think at the time when I got them, I didn't have any platform shoes and I was just like, yeah, I need like a whole, like I, like these pants I'm going to have to make a whole outfit for this. And at that point, I hadn't even like gotten into J fashion. I haven't even like, like I, it, it was in the middle of college. I think I was going through like a, my internship in New York. And yeah, it was just like, I need these pants because when are you ever are you going to get some like awesome trendy bell bottom pants that fit you well? So it's just like, got to get it now. You'll thank me later. It's sort of like... <laughs> sentiment once I started getting platforms and stuff I started feeling like oh well if I wear these bell-bottom pants it's gonna just look like a costume everyone's just gonna think like oh you're trying to be 70s and I'm just like no I just want to wear the pants unironically <laughs> it's like I'm not trying to be like 70s person I'm I like these pants I had a really hard time getting over that and then you got me this really awesome shirt. I saw it and I was like, Kamila. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the brain waves. It's like really colorful and sequined and it's like a halter top sort of thing. I was like, man, this looks like it would go with those pants or even these other like I bought some other bell bottom pants that were like hot pink. And I was just like, oh, well, when are you going to see something like this? And now I and and like inspired by Raina's birthday theme of like the 70s. I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna like wear 70s stuff. I'm gonna wear it and you know, I'm gonna be okay. Like I got a big bud jumpsuit that someone was selling. I have this like a slight collection of like the 70s things and I'm just like, I'm gonna wear them. And who cares if someone thinks it's a costume or something, I'm wearing them because I like 70s fashion. It's not about the costume. So I got over that, started wearing them September, October, hope to keep doing it too. And until like winter where I feel like I do not want flared pants <laughs> 
pants and the snow and all of that. I don't know how people did that. <laughs> oh, imagine like the, the, oh, just the grodiness. Yeah, like, I'm just like, I don't think that would work out as well. I don't know what they did. Platforms, bigger. <laughs> yeah, just more platforms, I guess. So that's basically what I'm, I've been doing. I've been looking like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon extra. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so I've been enjoying that. I got like a turtleneck sweater that's like rainbow and then like put on a vest and I'm just like, oh no, this place is haunted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking like that, or I'm like on Jabberjaw or something. Yeah, so that's kind of like my J Fashion tip right now also my hair is straight has not been straight in a really long time definitely brings me back to high school and now (laughs) i'm looking at cat hats when i wasn't before um (laughs) draw the line you're i am we're having an intervention we're done oh my god yeah i saw a paul star like share and i was just like paul star i remember that Yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to be doing with my hair going forward, but it, it it's been it's been straight right now. So, I think you picked the perfect time to go to like these throwback inspired outfits. We're starting to go out of this 70s and 80s revitalization and starting to go into like the 90s and early 2000s revitalization. Like I I think it's perfect time. You are perfectly on trend quote unquote if you if that's what you're judging your style by i know you aren't but <laughs> yeah definitely the y2k aesthetic i've been pulling that in in my art i've been like working on some airbrush inspired oh my gosh um <laughs> artwork and everything um especially if you look at my latest post on instagram you'll see what i've been working on there so i've been like artistically Y2K. Fashion-wise, as far as what I'm wearing, 70s. I wonder what this early 2000s, 2010s revitalization is going to do for Decora. Because that's when... That's when it was really at its height and at its most iconic. Decora was the thing. My job requires me to like keep up to date on trends and what is um, currently coming in and out of style. So I recently looked up the Balenciaga spring-summer 2021 fashion lines and oh my god, it is like Jinko jeans, the Matrix... Oh, yeah, they're going to be bringing in that Matrix vibe. My dad was sending me pictures of these, like, masks that, like, people or athletes are going to be able to use to, like, breathe. And they have fans inside and all this other stuff. And then it could, like, light up. Like, I got a... Weird. (laughs) And I'm just like, wow, that's, like, 3009. And then, like, combine that with, like, the Matrix. And... I'm ready for it. Can we get shell top shoes back? Because the current trends always influence even alternative styles. So I'm just curious as to like how that revitalization is going to affect Decora. I feel like right now we're going through um, revitalization of Fairy K and Pop K. And I hope like we have like another revitalization um, height of Decora 
And that would just be so much fun to me. Just like getting all the can like already candy is coming back. It never really left, but it's becoming like more and more silly bands. Someone brought in some silly bands to the store once and I was like, no, not again. <laughs> I remember those being banned in my school. Same here. They were a trip. Arm socks. Arm socks are coming back again. So it's going to be, I think the next like 10 years are going to be really interesting in terms of fashion. I'm a little scared. I'm like, I'm scared and excited for, yeah, for that revitalization. Oh, Gairu? That, oh. Like, going back to, like, 2000s. We are, like, mm -hmm. already, I, I feel like we're back on the upswing of Gyaru, and I'm really excited. Yeah, so that's gonna be tight. <laughs> <laughs> the main reason why I'm scared is just because... Like, the the 2010s was when I was at my worst for fashion, and it really brings back a lot of, like, just bad memories of middle school and middle school bad fashion. Yeah, I feel that way about, like, even just straightening my hair, because, like, well, the guy, when when um, he did the silk press, it looked super bomb. It, eventually, it settles back into kind of a bob thing, and then... I'm just like, oh, high school me. Huh. <laughs> like, Simon, you thought this was cute? How? What What did you, <laughs> did you see? And so I have this feeling of just like, but how can we do the sequel to Kamila? Like, <laughs> it's like high school Kamila, but with what I know now. Yeah. The biggest thing that scared me looking at the uh, Balenciaga line was that like this one masculine model, they gave them like wire rimmed glasses. They like slicked the hair like flat to their head and put it in a low ponytail, like parted down the middle, the widest legged pants you could find, a giant baggy sweater and a backpack. And I was just like, that's awful. That's high school. And I hate it. This is so gross. Like, it made me think of the greasy haired kid in anime club and I wanted to burn it. I'm not looking forward to that stuff. I'm looking forward to how the J fashion community can make it better. Yeah. <laughs> make it better. Make it. Please, for my sake. Take Lolita old school. Lolita's coming back. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been back. I'm so excited. I ordered a dress for the first time from Chinese Lolita Updates, and I'm so excited to get it. Ooh, is it old school? It's not old school. Um, it's more of a 2010s OTT suite style. Oh, okay, it's I see. It's probably going to come November, December. Um, so it was like my big top surgery gift to myself because it's definitely going to come like after I've recovered. You got a mint color, right? Yeah, I got mint colorway. And right after I got it, I kind of regretted it because then I saw another dress that was even cuter. Mm. And I mm. was like, I want that one. And I want that one now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Chinese Lolita updates thing. Just like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, this too. Uh, this. <laughs> yeah, the, the one that I saw like right after I ordered it, I was like, but that one's cuter. I want that one. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? No, Hayden. Don't look at it. Be happy with what you got. 
you, you're you going to be fine. It's, it's still going to look amazing. Right. Exactly. And that's like part of things being released so freaking quickly. Like you're always wanting more and more. But... I'm okay with that because, like, it's a collection. This is the one thing I spend my money on that's, like, for me. I'm pretty I'm pretty frugal. Yeah, with... like, as long as you're not irresponsible about it. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Again, sometimes I feel bad I have so many clothing items, but then I remember it's a collection, and this is what makes me happy. It's okay if it makes me happy and if I'm doing it, like, in a way that's good and healthy. Right. Right. I came up with some new joggers and shorts. They are black, pink, and blue. I don't have a lot of, well, I have some things that have black, but I guess I didn't really have pants that had like a black theme to them. So check those out. I've been liking to to wear them and stuff. I kind of like put them in kind of like as a, they can go with the Jawbreakers release stuff. Or you can wear it, you know, with something else. And working on putting out some more stuff in November. I'm always excited to see more from you. It's so, it's so fun. All right. And with that, let's get into our interview that we had with Haley and Pooby Fell about online J fashion events. Hey y'all, it's Hayden. It's Kamala. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a Garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much, and now back to the show. Woo! And welcome back. Today we are going to be interviewing Haley, the founder and sole creator behind the Black Ribbon, as well as Puvivel, one of the Pittsburgh com members and the designer and sole creative behind the brand, the brand Puvivel. Hi everyone, how are you doing tonight? It's hot. It's 93 degrees in California, and I hate it, thanks. Ooh, big ouch. (laughs) You and your California. Please send me some of those degrees. I'm cold in Pittsburgh. I'm jealous. And it's going to get wet and groggy. I want sweater weather so bad I miss it. (laughs) Us Chicagoans, we're loving it over here. We are well into fall. Yeah, that's true. jelly. I'm jelly of of you, Haley. I'm just like, let's switch spaces, cause oh, you say that, but you forget that the like Bay Area doesn't get that hot except for like a week a year usually. So none of our old buildings have AC. Oh, oh my goodness. So you don't want this at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't have AC. I have like a thing that goes in the window. So. That's more, I mean, literally, no AC, none. Wow. No window units, nothing. We have heat. Like, but you, 
you can't put them up like you can't buy them oh we can but like i said it's like ah by the time you think about going to get one you're already in the thick of it it's too late it's cool again yeah it's like too late this is one thing i miss about the south they had proper air conditioners and proper air circulation and the wind did not blow through the house and take all of my heat out so (laughs) so let me quickly introduce y'all to our listeners Haley is an Atlantan transplant based in San Francisco and is the designer behind the indie Lolita brand, The Black Ribbon. After moving to San Francisco for trade school and gaining lots of experience as a seamstress, she created her brand. Due to the pandemic, she moved her content for Fanime 2020 to an online format called Ursa Major. Puvithel, one of our previous guests, is an alternative fashion designer based in Pittsburgh. She's been designing and making handmade accessories and clothing since 2015. She believes fashion is a beneficial form of self-expression, and she imbues that into every item that she makes. And the first question that we have is for you, Puvithel. Can you explain what J Fashion On Demand is and how you're involved in it? Oh, certainly. So J Fashion On Demand is sort of a production group that runs and supports J Fashion focused virtual events. Um, It's composed of myself, Alexis and Kat. All three of us are members of the Pittsburgh community. And so far we've put on virtual J Fashion Teco, Purgatorio, J Fashion Noor, and we've assisted with events such as Bay Area K's Seer of Serenity. Within a few months, you guys are racking it up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a funny story, actually. Um, this happened on accident, complete accident. I usually host a J Fashion Walk at Teco every year, where we all get dressed up and like walk down and buy sweets in the downtown. And Kat and Alexis were thinking, hey, maybe we can do a virtual one of that this year. And then I inserted myself and said, hey, I know all of the panelists. Why don't we do a whole thing? Here's a bunch of work, you guys. Thanks. <laughs> and we, we accidentally turned it into a really big event. Um, and this was back in April. This was right after people had finally kind of accepted that all the cons, the cons were getting canceled and everyone was really looking for something to do. So complete accident. We meant to just do Teco and then it like turned into a whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Like it kind of just pulling together seemingly out of like thin air. We have like some further questions about that, but I want to get in Haley. um, What is Bay Area K and how are you involved in that group? Sure. So the Bay Area K began as a group uh, that was planning J Fashion, or sorry, J Fashion content for Fanime 2020. We are a J Fashion event planning committee, essentially, based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, we're a team of nine people. Um, I'm the chair, as well as a contact point for the participating brands. I generally come up with the concept for the events we're running and the basic schedule, but my team does a bulk of the work, so I'm definitely going to shout them out. They are great people. They do all sorts of different things that I personally wouldn't be interested in running, so I'm very grateful to have a wonderful team around me. That's awesome. You guys have fancy names and everything. I know, I Cher. Love it. <laughs> like, event planning committee. Like, I love that. See, they're professional. We're over here just like, la-di-da. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started out, like I said, really planning for Fanime. Um, it was myself and Jessica, who's kind of like my right-hand person, and we took all the content that we had already pre-planned, 
Because Fanime was going to happen in May. So we had all the panelists, like everything lined out, ready to go for that. And then Fanime was like, we're probably not going to be live this year, but we're going to try and see what online content we can produce. So we saw what we could transfer into a nice online format. So I had already kind of like an existing structure that I was able to transfer into an online group. With that transition, how is creating these virtual events different from putting on the in-person J Fashion events. Like you said, you had these guests already ready to go. Everyone had their ideas. Like we were just waiting for the time to come. And then all of a sudden y'all had to switch things up really, really suddenly. What were the key differences that you saw when trying to um, plan and put all of this together? With virtual Tekka, we did kind of just stumble face first into it. Uh, thankfully, Alexis is a real production person for her day job and knows how to do things and herded us into doing things correctly. For myself, I've, I've only hosted a couple of in-person events, um, and I started fairly small with events focused on my own brand and my own little things along with some friends. Like Haley came down to my uh, Halloween event in New Orleans last year, some friends who were willing to trust me with that. And uh, switching over to virtual has been very different. It's a very different kind of skill set and organizational set. Um, The tech has been uh, a learning process, though thankfully Alexis made that easy for us. One of of the, I wrote something down. Yeah, the tech has been one of the biggest changes. Uh, In a normal con or event, you don't usually sit down with each panelist and make sure they know how to run their panel. But with the tech considerations and so many people streaming for the first time, we really have to put in a lot of effort into making sure everybody has a tech setup that works for them and is comfortable with their setup, is comfortable with their hardware. We've had a lot of people with, you know, they're looking at the comments on their computer while they have their phone streaming. um, And we have to make sure each of these individual setups work correctly. Um, and Bay Area K made a nice, cool, like they give a whole presentation out to their panelists and we spend a lot of time with them. Whereas in a normal event, you wouldn't do that. You just tell them to show up and they would. Yeah. And then maybe there would be a tech person provided by the convention itself that kind of like pokes their head in and make sure that the panel is first of all happening. And I guess they don't need a projector or something if it's not already there. I've had contact be useful like twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I guess, the kind of equivalent. But since like nobody has any like prior experience streaming in this way that sounds very important you know having some demonstrations with all the panelists rather than just relying upon years of convention experience just seeping into their heads (laughs) so when we moved to anime that was kind of very last minute, they gave us essentially two weeks notice so that we were going to be wow. virtual. Yikes. Yeah, because like everyone kept being like, maybe this will pass over. And I kept being like, ha ha ha. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, I have family that work in the CDC. Like I've grown up with like CDC folks around me my whole life. So like both my parents would work in the CDC. My parents were like, ha ha, no. <laughs> like, so I've, <laughs> I've kind of like had that vibe. And like I've, I've known like this whole time that like I – this would be more than a year, you know, like just as soon as it happened, 
I kind of got that vibe. So I was like, wow, that's cute. Oh, geez. It's almost like scientists know what they're doing. And this was fairly predictable and easy (laughs) to understand what was going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, it's so strange that, you know, having scientists in my life, I had reasonable expectations. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. So since we had a very short amount of time to move our original content for our first event versus major online, we essentially looked at our panel list um, that we had prepared for Fanime and went down and emailed them all individually. and was like, hey, would you be comfortable streaming on Twitch? We are in the Bay Area, which is the home of Twitch. You know, it's a San Francisco-based company. So we had a lot easier time because it was, you know, a local San Francisco con. It's, it's in San Jose, but Bay Area con. We had a lot easier time finding people who already had equipment, had some concept, had either attended, like, you know, oh, yeah, I've, I've watched Twitch streams. I think I can figure this out. Or like, oh, my boyfriend streams. I could ask him. So we were able to, like, luckily pull all that content together pretty easily um, for that first event. Going forward, we've obviously expanded and are, you know, utilizing the ability to train people. But because that first event has such a quick, well, guess what, online, <laughs> we had to just kind of do what we had available to us immediately. Um, I will say another thing that's very different for planning this stuff is can have a, a slightly shorter timeline. Usually I, I do plan events, like big events in person quite often. Um, I do a holiday pop-up shop in San Francisco. And generally the planning for that starts um, in September. So that's, you know, like quite early. August, September is when I'm planning for an event. Oh yeah, seconding that, we're booking that venue like four or five, six months out. But here we're kind of two months out, three months out. Mm -hmm, Because holiday shopping is really big deal. Yeah, so that's, you know, super great that we can kind of get this turned around a little bit faster because we don't have to book the venues and stuff like that. It's also cheaper. I love that. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) And you mentioned um, the timeline of planning. What's the timeline like for the events from experience with conventions? It's usually like, okay, on day one, we have this panel to like get a little appetizer of J fashion. Then on day two, we have this a gathering and then this event to get us like our main course and then on day three we have the tea party what is the difference like between physical events and online events with that timeline and trying to give everyone those little tastes to keep going on for multi-day events really what's different about like another thing that's very different about this versus a convention is we're not appealing to people who've never seen Passion before that's not what this is for. Um, so we don't have to do those tasters at all. And we don't. And actually, the feedback we've gotten, when we've done kind of more simpler, basic 101s, unless it's for kind of like more obscure fashions. We've done lots and lots of surveying of our participants and attendees. Yeah, we've done lots of surveying um, after every event. And it appears that most of them are Lolitas. I'd say 90% are Lolitas, as well as other fashions. Like people definitely check multiple boxes, but 90% respondents say they're Lolitas. So we very much need to steer away from anything that's Lolita 101 content because they are sick and tired of it and want nothing. We did one 101 event for Ursa Major and it got the lowest ratings and reviews. Ours was a little bit different in that we have a little bit more of like a 70, 30, 60, 40 split with Lolita's and J Fashion, but the same thing, they are not 
too interested in 101s unless it's something they've never seen before. The Moray panel at Sea of Serenity was amazing and very well received. Um, the Minhara panels received well. Did something We did something Gyaru at one event that was also received well. The men's fashion, which was new, was received well. Steering away from anything like Lolita 101 or like, where to shop? Like, we're not trying to provide that content because our customer or attendee is very educated. Um, so they're, they're, they're one of those deep dives. I think even non-Lolitas are like, <laughs> yeah. we get it. No more. Yeah, no Milanu. We understand. <laughs> yeah, they want that deep dive. And that's what we're trying to provide them when, we, when we're doing our panels. As far as like what our scheduling is for the events that I've been running, um, a big part of what I try to provide, because I think it's really missing out for a lot of indie artists and people who would do markets and brands and stuff like that is the shopping experience, um, which you can't really translate online, but I've really focused on getting these like fun shopping pushes, these like scheduled drops so that everyone's like coordinated. And so that's always what happens on day one so that it's not distracting from our panels. Um, people can get their shopping out of the way. They're very excited about it. Lots of teasing, like what's coming out. That's, that's what our day one content has been about. Cause you know, we also can't really do a fashion show like in any sort of traditional sense with the way things are right now. We did do one, but I'll, um, I'll let you talk about, finish before I talk about that. Sure. I mean, we're dealing with like, I want to say almost 30 brands. And like, you know, everybody's individual situation is very different. So it's very hard for the content that we're producing to make a fashion show happen because of that difficulty. And people love to do fashion walks. I personally don't like to produce them or have anything to do with them. So I'm really great to have my team. <laughs> like, I, it's just not content that I'm personally interested in. But I know that there's a lot of people who are. And again, I'm grateful to have amazing team members who are excited to do it. Because, you know, you don't want me to produce something I'm not excited to do. Like, I wouldn't give it my all. And I wouldn't want that for anybody else's experience either. So very excited to have somebody who's, like, hyped to do that. Wants to, make, like, remix the video. Someone's on that. Yeah, we just try to keep a good flow. And then the last day is our tea party. We did the first one at Ursa Major, which was like a giant free-for-all. And we learned a lot. And that was a mistake. It was like 60 people. It was not fun. I left early. <laughs> but I like lurked. But this, I left early. And um, it was not what I wanted. But that's okay. We learned a lot from it. We, we have not made that mistake ever since then. <laughs> One thing that's very frustrating is we can only have one panel at a time and we've got to keep that buffer time. Like we, It's not like we have two rooms we're swapping in between and so one room can be on one schedule and the other can be on another to have different times. We've got to keep everything in one situation. So I am very much in the situation where I have more content I want to show during an event than I can. Um, and that's yeah, I, I, it's a little frustrating. I've thought a little bit about doing two channels, but I, I think that just splits the viewership too much. Additionally, we did do a fashion walk for Virtual Teco, and it did work out well. It is a lot of work, and the brands, um, the brands, most of the brands who participated were people who happened to have stuff ready or happened to have videos all ready and were able to send those in to us. I would like to do another fashion show sometime, but it is, it's going to be something that I need to be able to give brands like five months notice on so that they can get everything together. And similarly to uh, Haley, I don't like running 
the fashion walks. Kat and Alexis happily manage all of that. I just poke my nose in there every now and then and go, hey, you need help with anything? No, you're good. All right. Keep keep doing all the work for me. Yeah, that's exactly what being a producer is really about is checking in. Like, do you need help? Like, you know, I'll find the person who is good at that. <laughs> One of our patrons, uh, Vicky, asks, what are some of the unique pros besides socially distanced fun and cons that virtual events bring to the table. I know you two have already been saying like some of the frustrations as far as like possibly like running events you're um, maybe not as interested in, especially in like a virtual format, having so much content, but you can't like have it all going at the same time. You can only have one line of content, I guess. What are, I guess, some of the unique pros? So one thing that I have loved seeing is all of my, I have all these international friends I never get to see, but they all pop in for these virtual events. And at Purgatorio, we had people from, I want to say, eight or nine different countries. We had people from Mexico, from Japan, from Switzerland, from Finland, all watching the event with us. And that is not something you're ever going to really get at a physical con. So that was amazing. Um, and additionally, due to the accessibility of virtual events, a lot more of people who may not be able to dress up for a full day, can't leave their house normally, may have chronic pain or chronic fatigue, fatigue issues, they're able to view these events and enjoy it. And also just people who work and have really crappy schedules and they can't get off for a convention, they're able to put on the Twitch stream on their headset while they're working. So it's it's been a huge, huge bonus in accessibility. Um, I definitely would agree with that. Uh, again, another pro is definitely the cost to me. Like that's a huge bonus because I, I do put on physical events where we have to rent venues and stuff. So like, this is great. Um, it's been, I think, really helpful for some brands that are trying to like start out to get kind of recognition because we still jury the entries, but um, the bar is a little bit lower because they don't have to, you know, to worry about space and rental and all that stuff for them either. They don't have to worry about the cost of entry that we can record things and then they can watch them later. That's super great. That's been really fun for a lot of people to be like, yeah, I, I checked the thing out like two days later. Great content. Um, that's been super great. As someone who typically works Saturdays and Sundays, whoo boy, that is so relieving to me because it's like, okay, I have all this stuff on my back burner and I'm going to get to it, but there's no pressure for me to watch it like before it goes out of date. Uh, I can just do it when I have the time to. So it is so relieving and just so, um, it's like that's something that I can always go to if I'm like, oh, I haven't, I have like this hour gap in my schedule. I'm just going to go to the Twitch stream. I'm going to watch it. Uh, I'm going to watch Purgatorio from like a couple months ago. Oh, and shout out to the Bay Area K team for adding um, captions to a lot of the Sea of Serenity video videos when they upload them. Yeah, we try. We try. <laughs> it's it's a, it's really hard, especially. I know I give a lot of content that references Japanese words, and uh, so I have to have somebody who's familiar with that language to caption my stuff. Because uh, we had some hilarious live captioning mistakes and faux pas with my my stream specifically. 
because uh, I just it just couldn't understand the words <laughs> I was using. It was like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you cannot beat the accessibility like of these virtual events. Just something you two mentioned earlier about like attendees loving the more specified and advanced content. Like I've been wanting more of that in physical conventions forever, but they never get approved. Or sometimes they just feel like, yeah, we just want to cancel J Fashion content from our convention now randomly. So we're just not even approving 101s or anything. So... Oh, I'll go. I'll get on a soapbox for that. This is my one, my one convention soapbox. I'll get on today. All these friggin' men running conventions, not paying attention to things that yeah, obviously J Fashion is enjoyed by all genders. It happens to be enjoyed by a lot of women. And all these men running conventions need to start paying attention to things that women like. Just because women like it doesn't mean it's not unpopular. It's not popular or something like that. So. If you want more women at your events, and not not to mention your J Fashion attendees always pay for their badges. Yeah, it's just question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, why do you do this to us? Right. Like, it's supposed to be an event that represents interests of the of the people attending it, and you're you're stifling it because the only thing that is important to them is like. How can this make a bunch of money? Cosplay, gaming, that makes a bunch of money right now. I, d- I don't think that they're, the convention runners are all necessarily like driven for money. It's just that something, they don't understand the things that don't interest them. Like, I am not really that interested in, I don't know, like anime dub comedy panels, right? But I understand that other people like them, and so they exist. But unless they like put conscious thought into oh am i disregarding this thing because it is female oriented um they're not going to realize actually this thing has a large fan base i guess so but i feel like there's conventions like asen that used to invest more time and resources into j fashion content and then they just like just stopped and i don't know if there was just like a change in leadership or what um i would say i think that gets into people who run events and burnout i think is more what i think that speaks to because a lot of the times it's like one community member or like a handful that are very motivated and very interested who are reaching out to these cons to help plan that stuff and then you know they end up getting burned either by the con or by other community members or whatever um and i think it just ends up being burnout if like there was a good scene and then it petered out that in my experience, tends to be what happens. Because I, I feel like PMX is a case of burnout, for sure. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, it, it, it is unfortunate, but it's hard to have the energy to do all this stuff and the time. <laughs> like, it's a lot. That, like, gets into another thing about having our own events that are multi-day you know, multifaceted like, events that stand alone instead of just depending on a convention that has to put a lot of time slots towards so many things, so many interests to like cater to us in the way that that we need. You know, it's just like it might be asking too much. Quiet shout out to uh, Paradiso and Royal Vegas for 
putting for being passionate about running these in-person events for J Fashion Enthusiasts, by the way. Thank you guys. We appreciate y'all. I can't wait to eventually go to one or both of those. I know everyone rip to Royal Vegas. Uh you will arise like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> I thought they were going to have a virtual event. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're totally ripped. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was the like most anticipated event for at least like the the con guest the J Fashion guest scene because we were all invited and going and we're all like, "Oh my god, Vegas. Oh my god, Lolita event. Oh my god." <laughs> Kamila and I discussed um, last month about the accessibility with online events and how we hope that this accessibility will continue to cultivate when we go back to in-person events of just like streaming uh, more often, streaming panels, having more online community interaction during live events. I, I think that that's so important. And even just going... And looking at conventions, and you guys brought up that you try to uh, caption your events. I don't think I've ever seen a sign language interpreter at a convention. Like, that blows my mind that I'm just now realizing, holy shit, I don't think that conventions are accessible to deaf people at all unless it's like for main events like the big ticketed events that is ridiculous and i just want that i just want this accessibility to continue to flourish and people will realize or like stop in the middle of their live events uh planning and just go wait we're missing something Absolutely. I do think there are some more there, are, you know, it, one of the reasons we are able to do this is it's a little bit like it's still it's still a lot of work. Uh, but it is easier for us to provide captioning than it is to necessarily hire a um, translator. Uh, however, I do think there are plenty of big cons that don't do it that could totally afford to do it. Yeah, there's smaller conventions that I don't think probably would be able to do stuff like that, but it's worth considering some ways that, that we can. You know, having someone on the team that's experienced with streaming or something like that, because if they were to have the tech people that usually pop in or something like that at a smaller convention where there's not as many panels, maybe they could record it, you know, and put it up later for... um people who attended the convention but couldn't see all of the panels in an automated way have those those captioned somehow. Just figuring out more ways how to use technology to make that a little bit easier and a little bit more cost effective. But I feel like definitely there needs to be someone with that knowledge on the team so that they can like access that. And I think this is probably these events are probably going to open people's minds to how that can be more incorporated. I will say uh, Paradiso and Royal Vegas team, while working through these events, they have been thinking and looking at things and going, um, hey, maybe this is something I should think about in my when my real physical event shows up. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's it's really good to just like experience this from another angle and then you're able to like see some holes that you can try to fill um, next time. Like, 
maybe not as perfectly, but just, you know, working on it. Yeah. And, and oh, and uh, this was a uh, community driven uh, people in the Twitch chat uh, mentioned it, I think, uh, during one of Kawaii Riot's panels, I think they mentioned accessibility and how to make things more accessible. And so some people in the Twitch comments said, hey, what about captions? And we went, huh, what about captions? So that was community driven. And I think like the community, as we all know, the community is the backbone of J fashion. I, I thoroughly believe that everyone should get like paid or stipend for their work. But there are also a lot of people who would be willing to volunteer to do things um, like closed captioning on YouTube um, is famously broken. Um, but there are a lot of people in various YouTube communities who are, uh, dedicate their time to captioning their favorite videos. Um, and that sort of work is so incredibly kind in a world where ableism is rampant and the needs of disabled people aren't always thought of first and foremost. Volunteers who are able to advocate and step up for them. It is the on the ground's first round of defense that we have to helping uh, disabled folks and deaf people to uh, get what they need and uh, get what they get what they need to participate in our community. So I guess that's just a big thank you to volunteers. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, I will point out though that community closed captioning is no longer available on YouTube. Yep, because YouTube is the worst. Screw YouTube. But I will note of importance that you can still edit your own videos subtitles. So if someone wants to submit them to you, you can take the time to put them in there yourself. So it's not that you can't edit them. It's that somebody just can't randomly throw some stuff up there. Um, I, you know, for whatever reason, I guess people don't really use it that well. And what it is used, a lot of people use it to troll is what the feedback was. And that's why they stopped doing community ones because it's, it's public and open source. So if someone has a reason to have a grudge. They have been using them to troll people. There's been a lot of reported abuse, so it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's almost like though they discarded it instead of like putting in an approval system or something. Right, it does suck, absolutely. So, but like I said, at least there is a workaround of some sort. So I feel like panels really can lend itself to a virtual environment, but I'd love to know the reaction to virtual events, like the tea party and the fashion walk, which you kind of were talking about, like poking in and stuff. How are those set up and what has been the reaction so far? Like, I know that they happen. I just don't know, like, how does it currently look and work? So we in the Bay Area have had a lot of like Zoom tea parties already prior to going into Ursa Major. So we thought, sure, why not? And that's we let the person who locally runs a lot of our local tea parties run that one. And I was like, hey, do you need me to limit the number of people? And they're like, nah, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you are bold. <laughs> and yes, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Zoom allows for a hundred plus people in this room. Let's just do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was messy. It was very messy. And the format 
they they try very hard the people who were running that one time and then the ones who often run local they try very hard to be equitable to everyone which i think is very admirable but to go around to 60 plus people and be like introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your coordinate <laughs> it takes an hour and and then nobody can have a conversation while we're we're literally doing show and tell <laughs> so we we learned a lot from that experience and that is not a good idea. So um, going forward, we decided to switch to Discord um, because it's free. You don't have to pay to have multiple rooms and all of these things and have like a long, you know, hour and a half conversation if you want to. So is it like a video? It is a video chat and we've broken it into like what we call tables, but they're essentially rooms. And we have a great person who is like super into doing Discord tech, but I can't explain everything that she's doing. But she 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 does like uh, permissions for the room. So like you only have permission for the, the table that you are seated at. So you can't go into any of the other rooms unless you're an admin. So we don't have people like, teehee, I guess I'm going to run over to this room. We don't have that going on. <laughs> so the first time we did that kind of like seated by tables, we have kind of a survey when you sign up that kind of, we get to know you essentially. Like, what are your interests? What kind of fashion are you into? You know, kind of a little bit about yourself in our sign-up form. And so we try and seat people with similar interests to each other at the same table so that hopefully there's some natural conversation happening. <laughs> oh, this is cool. Now it's like... <laughs> friend it's match, a dating game like, yeah <laughs> they don't maybe people don't realize that we do that but that is a consideration so like and we we even include like a, like a little like a, you know blank section where you can talk a little bit of like stuff you like to talk about um so we do actually read all of that information and try to organize it that way and you are allowed to request like one or two people you really like to sit, sit with what kind of became funny was like this one person didn't realize that like everybody wanted to sit with them and they were like, I I kind of wanted to like meet some new people. Oh. <laughs> we're like, oh, oh. We're like, oh. <laughs> oops. <laughs> try we try and be conscious of that. Like, I don't know if we added a good question of like, you know, are you interested in meeting new people? <laughs> right. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't I'm not head of the tea party department, so I just kind of check in on it. Um I will say this time around we built a little bit more hype because we limited how many seatings we were allowing people and we added a layer of like difficulty to get in because the for Sea of Serenity there was no barred entry. So a lot of people signed up and then never showed up, which was frustrating for us because we had all these even numbered tables set up like with a num like a similar number of participants. And if like one room happened to have like three people not show up for whatever reason. Oh, and then they're like by themselves or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. So we we're like, mm, let's not do that again. So we created kind of a barrier to entry by you have to either donate to a charity of our choosing, or you have to share a like Instagram prompt, or you had to complete, we have like an Instagram challenge called Instagrammery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, uh, I forgot about that. That's so good. Yeah, we have got some love, people who are of, of Poovy's ilk who love puns. So um, we have an Instagrammery challenge. There's three ways you could get in. They're very simple, then you know, Two of the three don't cost anything to do to get into the tea party, but it creates a slight barrier to entry. So that, you know, 
people don't just like arbitrarily sign up and take a space that they're not going to actually use. I will say there's nothing more disappointing than having like 50 people say that they're coming to an event and then like 10 show up. So I appreciate that from an organizer standpoint, because those types of meetups just like, I love everyone who comes and I have no ill will towards people who don't, but it's like, it, it sets up a certain expectation when you see that number and then it just doesn't turn out the way you expected. And my big concern as someone who hosted um, very early on a virtual meet, you answered and given me so much insight of how things could be ran a lot better because tea parties we have separate tables and you can have separate conversations between everyone at that table and you could be a fly on the wall and hear uh three different conversations at a single table and that just isn't possible when you have 60 people in one room yeah not a great format as we've discovered (laughs) you know people of course Things happen and they need to cancel and that's totally fine. But like, I would love it if people would just let us know so that we can like, you know, fi- reconfigure the tea, like the tea party tables. Right. Or offer more spaces for people who really want it to go. Right. And we do have a wait list, for example. So like, you know, there's no like hate to anybody who, you know, something comes up. We totally are understanding. It's just give us a little note, just drop us a line or we... We have our own Discord. Communication is key. We have an email. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. There's so many ways to reach out to us. So please, pretty please. Because <laughs> like I said, it doesn't just affect, you know, you. If three people drop out from the same table, it makes a very unfortunate situation for the, like, rem- remaining four people at that table. We want to try and balance it out. So I, I see it's more about like the conversation um, within your table and possibly meeting new people or talking to people that you um, you can't be with in person. Is there any like, I feel like at the tea party, there's, there's sometimes there's some parts where um, guests, fashion guests get up and and talk about, I don't know, pick some sort of prize. Ah, well, so I have a plan. You have a plan, Poovy. <laughs> I have a plan for for something like that. Um, we're still working out some of the details for, uh, hopefully this will end up happening at Royal Vegas. We are, we are thinking, we are thinking up some ideas to utilize our streaming functionality along with the discord and have some popping in and out um however it is difficult it will add complexity to the tea party scheduling which is already extremely complicated um bay area k makes it look easy but (laughs) it is not easy (laughs) so i've also as an attendee at bay area k's last event one thing they did that really helped the rooms flows they had moderators and they used these moderators to also host games and other events and make sure everybody was included this was fantastic but it is work Uh, it is a moderator per per room you've got to have that team together that's cool i like that idea too like a moderator person to do some like icebreakers or something we have like a little script that if the room is a little quieter, we can follow to help prompt. We also have like a question, are you a talker? Are you a listener? Are you in betweener on the on the sign up form? And we do try and mix that as well. So it's a, it's a good way to meet people. I think it's it's a lot of, we really do put a lot of thought. Again, we, the way we do our meetings and Poovy's part of them is like we kind of all meet together 
and whoever's running with a specific thing kind of takes the lead on the conversation and then we kind of like bounce some ideas off of them if we're like they're like oh, i'm struggling with this problem I'm like well what about this and then somebody else will chime in and we'll all come to a good consensus and i really again i can't stress enough having a team around you to do these events is really key and one of our patrons, Edo Milk, asked about advice for those who are having their first ever J Fashion meetup experience through these online spaces, because it is a very different feeling from an in-person meet where you can wander, you can walk around, to having a very structured setup of like, okay, from this time to this time, we have uh, this event and there's not really that ability to like straggle uh, and chat after a specific panel. You know, you move from one room to the next and you start chit-chatting. What should those people keep in mind when they're going through these online J Fashion events, especially if it's their first J Fashion meetup event? Uh, we did have a first-timer first ever Lolita meet in my table at Sea of Serenity last time. I So I should have asked her. I didn't think about it at the time. But the moderator did a good job of making sure she still got, a time, got time to talk. One thing that sucked is her mic was too quiet. So a lot of times people didn't hear her, which I think was a little unfortunate. But I, I do think um, even though it's a different... You can't table hop, and that makes me, as a person who wants to talk to all 100 people, a little sad. But I think as a newbie, it's kind of good. It gives you a little bit of a chance to get to see a smaller group of people without having to suddenly become overwhelmed by the 200 faces and names that you're all meeting for the first time. I was going to say that we've had several people who say that this is their first tea party. Whatever we, like, in the, like I said, we have a blank comment section. Um, we've had more than I expected people be like, this is my first tea party ever. And I'm like, wow, that's accessibility. I know. It's very surprising to me. I was like, this is it. That's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, I'm sorry. And also congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like, I'm, I, I don't know why that surprises me so much, but I'm always just like, I hope I'm like meeting your expectations. <laughs> it's right, a lot of pressure. Exactly. <laughs> we say it a lot in like, you know, people ask us, is it okay if I wear J Fashion or if I don't to this virtual tea party specifically? It's the time of Rona. Things are stressful. <laughs> Be comfortable. Like if spending like 30 minutes putting on your hair and makeup is like enough and you don't want to like put your dress on because it's tight and uncomfortable do don't like just be comfortable and, and it made me think of a few things you'd like to talk about because i do find that a lot of people when we first get in there it is crickets <laughs> like i feel, i know i like to talk and i probably like to talk like we're talkers so it's like i feel like i have to like herd the conversation quite a bit in my experience so yeah i would say like if you're going to participate in the tea party specifically like just come up with like a few like talking things that you like questions that you would really like to know about other lolitas right just like or other J fashion enthusiasts, like, you know, simple things like, so I'm mostly into Lolita, like, are there other J factions you guys are interested in? Like, sometimes I do kimono, like, what about you guys? Like, have those kind of conversations in your head would be really helpful. So the moderator isn't the one constantly driving the conversation and make it feel a little bit more organic. That'd be super nice. It, it relieves some stress from those moderators. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but like, you know, those are questions that you probably do want to know, right? 
think of something that you'd really like to ask somebody else. And trust me, people love to have those, like, moments of conversation. So, like, it won't be awkward. Like, just think of one or two questions. I think that'd be really great. And if you're talking about the panel stuff, my suggestion for that is coming back to making sure you got the schedule. Figure out what ones you want to, like, watch live because you can interact if it's live can't do that if you're watching the recording like really nail down which ones and which time zones those are in and like figure it out and set your alarm that you really want to attend those if you're doing the shopping portion of the event making sure that you set your alarm clock for that because some of these things have been really quick selling i had one that had the wrong title and it sold before i noticed to fix it yeah right right <laughs> where did that go i just stalked it what <laughs> i don't know just like in enjoy interacting in the chat if you're there because like, I feel like a lot of times, sometimes it can be hard on the panelists if it's like really, really quiet and no one's asking anything. Like, yes, you're paying attention and that's great, but like they don't know that because they're staring at the camera. <laughs> so even just a like a quick like, wow, or that's cool. It, it really, really helps actually. We're like, oh, good. Somebody's actually watching this. Yeah, I feel that way too. Because it's like, it's not like an Instagram or a Facebook live where you can see like, okay, I'm seeing how many people are watching right now? Okay, cool. Someone, I'm talking to someone. Or those little hearts. And I'm just like, okay, I know someone's there. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I remember doing my panel and just being like, okay, I hope people are here. Hi. <laughs> just say yeah, hi. That. <laughs> That's Just drop a word in the chat. That would be really great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Each word you type in the chat is a single molecule of serotonin. For both <laughs> <you>. Right. <laughs> now I'm thinking of like having plants in the audience, in the virtual audience, <laughs> to just be like, hey, we do don't that. worry, I got you. I'm here. I'm part of the committee, but I am here. <laughs> right. That is the mod, like, that is what the mods do. Yeah, the mods definitely are like, yeah, that's a great point. Love it. Like, we, we, we know what it's like. But if again, if you're new to this format, please drop a line in the chat. It would mean a lot to whoever is paneling. It reminds me of that Twitter meme that goes, me tweeting at the three people who constantly like my tweets. <laughs> exactly. God bless you. Oh, yeah. I, I think something that um, didn't end up getting covered was like, how does the fashion walk work? Like, how do you participate in that? Uh, so how we've got our fashion walk set up is we have a submission period. We have now learned to give very clear instructions on what kind of format we want, typically video submissions. We ask for people's pronouns. We ask for them for a bio, some other information. In the past, we didn't jury, but we are going to start jurying if we get too many entrants to where it's too much for one person to put the video together. Um, but it's pretty simple. If you've used TikTok, it's like filming a TikTok outfit shot and sending it to us. And we have an announcer read over and describe everybody's outfits in like a, it's like very, very reminiscent of the old Lolita community fashion shows days. Like it's like exactly like that. Oh yeah, yeah, it is like that. Okay, that's cool. A lot of work for Alexis. <laughs> when I heard virtual fashion show, I thought of the videos that lovely Lore makes when she makes the Lolita scenes and just like has a like a cutout of someone 
on Photoshop and like walks them around a little uh, scene in her videos. And I just imagine a stock photo of like a new release for like hard decora. And it's just a stock photo and someone is taking the little cutout just down the catwalk and then back down the catwalk. I did do a little bit of that for my fashion show um, oh, for the work virtual it. Teco because my items didn't show up in time yeah. because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Oh, no. <laughs> so Alexis made me a cute little graphic of um, of India being like, ah, your box is ready, and then everything getting locked down with the Yakety Sam's <laughs> music playing. Um, however, if we did that for the fashion walk, I think I'm sure like Alexis somewhere is like getting goosebumps because that would be <laughs> like. 20 more times work for her. Um, I'm just going to throw this totally random fashion fact out. Um, I don't know if you guys follow, like, you know, Couture Fashion Week and anything like that. Um, But, so, after World War II, because Paris had been occupied, um, to, like, re-kind of, like, kickstart the fashion industry there, they sent out these dolls that were made for all the fashion houses. Um, so and they cute. they were like full couture, but little tiny, tiny like little half like little small mannequins. And they sent them out all over the world to get people interested in, in Parisian fashion again in couture. And this year, several brands like Dior and uh, Moschino have done that in homage to that. That is so smart. Instead yeah. of having live models. It is so, I love the history of it. Like, I just, I'm like, oh, yes. As soon as I saw those, like, little dolls, I was like, <laughs> <gasps> like, I was like, I know what this is. So Moschino just did a puppet fashion show, like, just, just like, like maybe a few weeks ago. They did a little marionette fashion show, which is even better because marionettes are more Italian. Yeah, anyways, I that's so cool. Maybe we can do something like that. It would be cool if we could do that, but the only one I feel like could do that is Moss Badger. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I know, I can't like really scale my prints. Maybe if I just did solids. If I just did solids, maybe, maybe I could do that. <laughs> not, and you would get a whole mess. My hand sewing, like my regular machine sewing is not that great. I do not sew most of my own products. Um, my hand sewing, you'd look at it and you'd be like, did, did like a cat barf a yarn ball on nobody this? needs to see the insides of these just he's a little cute on the outside no one's gonna see them in person it's our secret <laughs> <laughs> i would just make paper dolls oh smart yeah smart. that'd be easy yeah shadow puppetry <laughs> shadow puppets yes that way no oh one will know what my prints are oh that would be are. very menhera <laughs> Yeah. Just put them on like a stick and just like do, 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 <laughs> down the runway. That'd be That's great. what I thought the fashion walk was gonna be. <laughs> you know, you know, I might do that. Oh my god, I love the concept. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about that. Little fashion and illustrations. That'll be a uh, that'll be an April thing. Somebody did a bunch of fashion illustrations. That'd be really fun. Oh, okay, all right. So we're at the last question for the main episode. Wow. Um, how do you think? the outcomes of these events will affect future in-person J fashion events, such as those held at conventions or otherwise, if you have ideas about that. Well, I'm currently working with an overseas con to try and set up some sort of uh, 
emergency America was too dumb and isn't allowed into other countries still mm-hmm. <laughs> situation for if I can't do my panel. So that may be something that happens at a real con in Finland where they, you know, listen to scientists. <laughs> I'm not salty at all about not going to go sit in the historical castle in Finland. Why do you ask? Uh, so that may be a thing. I do think a lot of convention owners are looking at the virtual events and using it like applying this to to see how they can like the accessibility is something you talked about applying that to future cons applying some sort of archival system maybe with recording um, and a lot of panelists a lot of people who have never done streaming before paneled before are getting experience doing that now so we might even see a whole bunch of new talent popping up at cons in the future i'm always expecting to like see someone's face projected during a convention but it never happens and i'm honestly a little disappointed that it has not happened well since like i said we are affiliated with fanime um and i have a lot more like range of what possibilities are open to us specifically we were discussing this a little bit when we we kind of like looked over your questions as a group a little bit and we were discussing what we thought we would do and we are not sure that we would live stream our panels because, you know, attending Fanime is a paid event and Fanime is actually a nonprofit. That is actually cropped up as problematic sometimes with the way things are vended because they can't make any money off of certain things. You know what I mean? So we were like, well, it is paid content to be at attending the panel. So if we did record them, they would be after the event. Yeah, after the event. We wouldn't want to live stream them. But we were talking about how um sometimes i've been at at cons where like nico nico doga has like a little booth you know and like they just interview random people that come up to like you know ask their impressions about the con or whatever and i thought we might be able to do something kind of more like that that's not like panel-y or you know like you know more essentially paid content but more kind of just organic i thought that might be a little bit more fun to maybe take a few minutes and interview like live interview some of the designers we always do like a q a after our fashion show I feel like that those questions are so boring. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about you, Poovy, but I feel like we get the same questions. Oh uh, well, I do Minhera. So well, I, I mean, it's just specifically like fashion show questions of like, what's your inspiration? Yeah, yeah, just some really, really sadness, despair. Those specific questions, and so I thought it'd be more fun to have like somebody actually take time to write an in- interview and interview a, a brand and have like live commentary kind of, you know, stream that and then maybe have a few questions from the audience that we thought were good questions. We did that. Uh, we did the indie Q and A's a few times and those have gone really well. And those work really well because we end up with other designers in the Twitch chat asking questions. And then um, the moderators uh, seed really good questions because we, you know, like I was moderating one. I know all of the people on the stream. I've got some very specific, interesting history questions to ask them. And it's not like the audience is at fault for asking those kind of like basic questions. It's just that like they don't know what to ask us and I don't blame them. Like they have no idea, you know, some in-depth weirder questions to ask us. Cause... Right. This And this also may be the first time they've been introduced to these brands. So they're just like going to ask beginner questions because they, they don't know. Also, it's putting them on the spot too. Like coming up with good questions, you know, good interview questions is hard. 
I would think that would be more for the main like moderator of the of the panel to be read up on these different brands. And so maybe they'll have a little bit more, though. I'm not even sure. Like, I guess, like, where would I point to to be read up on hard decora? Like, I don't know. <laughs> have you been following my Instagram for a while or have you like, I don't know how they would know the history. You've got a lot of info on your site. And you've got your branding is done so well that people get a good feel of you from your um your your just like your comic. Though I will say, like, nobody's gonna ask you the question like, Oh, so what about you and your hubby in the subway unless they like right. know you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that That's one. why I'm here. <laughs> right. That infamous photo. Yeah, I will say, though, that we are really super lucky in the anime and the SFA area. We've had a couple of, like, really serious bloggers show up, <laughs> and they do their research ahead of time, and they have really good questions. Like, and they'll, you know, and I hate to keep calling on them, but man, if I know one of them is in the audience, I'm like, you know what you want to ask. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Or if more conventions did those, um virtual passes so then it would be like content specifically for that um and then it wouldn't i mean maybe it wouldn't be so con like conflicting with the people who paid for you know in-person content stuff and the people who did pay for in-person content they could also get a virtual pass and at the end of the night they go back home to their hotel and then they go oh i i have a new special video sent to my feed that i can watch and then i can talk about it tomorrow yeah yeah so i think like yeah adding a um a more robust virtual wing would be cool the creativity is endless yeah there's like a lot of ways that i, I guess these things could be in incorporated do you think that these will, like, peter out? Like, do you think, like, after in-person events happen, there's just going to be like a, well, we're done with J Fashion On Demand. That is now kaput. When we kind of formalized after the virtual tech of fashion show, we all agreed that we intend to continue doing virtual events after the pandemic and the quarantine has ended. That may be one or two events a year instead of this monthly sort of thing that we are doing right now. But we are, we are intending to continue virtual events. That is really relieving to hear. I know, especially during the winter months, the need for events is far too real. Once con season is over, it's like, oh, I... I know I just went to one like four months ago, but I'm itching for another. <laughs> so I feel having J Fashion on demand to be something to look forward to every so often, um, especially in those off months, it's just something to keep us going. Like now, things are going wild, but it could be something during those off-con months that helps us continue to cultivate our J-Fashion creativity. And I'm not saying that that's what, exactly what you guys are going to be doing, but that would just be something nice. It's awesome what these two groups are doing because like, yeah, there were some virtual events happening, but I think you all are like trying to 
organize them and build upon previous experiences, not just like, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, have a Zoom call and it'll just be 100 people on a Zoom call. That was the event. You know, you're trying to make something worthwhile, you know, so um, I commend you for that. I know that I don't have the wherewithal for that sort of event planning organization, but I'm glad someone does. (laughs) And is doing it, so, yeah. And it really does strengthen the community nationally and internationally. As you said before, people from all over the world are attending these. And the international J-fashion community being strengthened is always a positive. So thank you so much for your work. If people want to know more about J-Fashion On Demand, know more about um, the Black Ribbon and Poovy Fell, how would they be able to get in contact with you or to get in contact with your work? Um, So for J-Fashion On Demand, we have an Instagram now. Um, I think we have a Facebook page. And we have a a couple of emails as well that should be on the J-Fashion On Demand Instagram. Um, Our social media is a little bit lacking, mostly because I was like, if I have to touch uh, one additional social media account, I will literally explode. Uh, But of course, you can always message me on any of my brand accounts, and I will direct you around. Um, And mine are all under Poopy Fell. If you Google me, I am the only person in the world who has that name. Um, So every hit you get is me. (laughs) Hit you. So Barry K has their own website, which is barryk.org. That's where you would direct any of your questions regarding the events we're hosting. Um, there's an email associated with that. I think it's barryk at gmail.com. I don't check that email. It's not my responsibility. So I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Then for me, it's theblackribbon.com. And again, we have a full array of social media, both for myself to the Black Ribbon. We've got Facebook, Instagram. And then for barryk, we have our own discord server we've got instagram facebook we we try and be out there i've got some very exciting people who are very excited to be doing those social media things that i don't want to do either (laughs) if you want to specifically talk about brand stuff you would reach out directly to me but all other inquiries should go directly to barry okay if you're someone who's been going to these events you know, maybe you leave some feedback that's saying like, I want more content like this, even after in-person events are safe, you know, leave them feedback, give them ideas for um, how maybe they could do more things or even volunteer your services. Thank you so much to uh, Haley and Poovy for joining us and chatting with us about online events. We are going to continue our discussion about the intricacies of online events, hosting one, creating one, helping to participate in one. We do have a couple of patrons submitted questions that we did not address here that we're going to be asking Poovy and Haley in our patron content. So specifically for Cora Maria and Jenna S, head on over to our patron content to hear your questions answered. And if you are interested in more about online events and how they work even more in depth than what we've already covered, head on over to our Patreon, become a $3 a month patron to get that content. And I'm going to give one last final thank you to Haley and Poovy, one, for joining us, and two, for being such active community members and for 
being one of the beacons of light in our community uh, nationally and internationally. You guys have created so much and your work is indispensable for us. Oh, oh shucks, thank you guys. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. We are happy to be here. Of course, anytime. We love to have you. And with that, this has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And <laughs> I'm Haley. <laughs> and I'm Poovy Thal. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye now.